welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sasirkal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, buna, and privyet. Welcome again to our show, and I know you'll be so excited and happy you have joined us today because we have a very special guest. It's Hannah Chapman, who is a wealth advisor. Welcome, Hannah. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited uh, to be here and to talk with you and your audience about making building wealth and building a business joyful and easy and how we get into the flow. Yes. Oh my gosh. Building wealth, I love that. And doing it in a way that's joyful and more easy, I love that even more. So tell us more about who you are and what you do. Well, as you mentioned, I am a wealth advisor, um, which can, you know, even just saying that sometimes people can recoil a little bit right like there's this there's this energy around um money and wealth that that we pull back and we pull in um you know no matter what you have or you know in your business what you're making what's in your personal accounts truly people tend to feel like there's not enough they're not doing a good job they're they haven't you know, saved enough, they're doing the wrong things. There is all of this shame and guilt that we hold around money all the time. Doesn't, seriously doesn't matter how much is there, um, which is just so interesting. So um, I say all of that um, to kind of build into, you know, what I truly feel that I do, which is to help visionary entrepreneurs to really empower them to start taking control of their income and to start seeing their financial picture holistically so that they can make decisions from a place of power and a place of education and a place of understanding that will actually get them to the goals that they want to achieve. Um, and we do that by you know, really painting out the whole picture, building the whole puzzle and then once we know where you're at and where you want to go in life and in business, that's when we can start to look at your investments and start to put all of the strategies and implementation in place, you know, to do the numbers um, and make them work. But it starts with your heart and it starts with your feelings about money and your feelings about your business and your feelings about, you know, how you're growing it all starts there so that we can really manage that. So you can start making decisions that are best for you and your family. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, 
to, to have that bigger picture perspective on what you want and not just in the narrow sense of oh this is what i want in the context of my business but to put that in the perspective bigger picture perspective of your whole life and how everything will fit together that makes a lot of sense yes yes and and what i found uh, i've been in this industry and the financial industry, financial planning specifically, um, since 2007, so 15 years. Um, and I was in banking before that. So I've been in this space for a long time and truly there has not been a movement until I feel like recently, I feel like recently that we have really begun to embrace comprehensive planning that we're planning we are mm, i don't even want to say planning we're creating we're creating a wealth strategy that will do what you want to do because everyone is so different uh and that's the biggest that's the biggest thing to me and the biggest difference that i saw myself you know shifting away from the big franchise that i worked for before as you know one advisor of many and moving out onto my own being independent the one of the biggest things was that it was all about just the assets how much money do you have how do we grow it how do we make the numbers bigger right how do we just keep growing money and not losing money and all that matters is what number you have yes and so instead i mean like every you could have two clients who have the exact same numbers, exact same charts and graphs. And depending on what each of those people wants to do in their life, one could be elated and one could be terrified with yes. the same information, right? Yes. And you also made me think about the values aspect because for example, the first time I uh, connected with my wealth advisor, um, you know, because I'm, you know, what what has been described, uh, you know, there's uh, these different tests and so forth to figure out what kind of money personality you have and right. what kind of relationship you tend to have with uh, money. And I'm a money monk, <laughs> which means, you know, like for me, um, the values and ethics that I live by are very, very central and extremely important to how I do everything in my life, including how I make my money and how I spend my money and how I'm going to save my money, etc. And the, one of the reasons I chose to work with the advisor that I finally ended up with was because she was willing to have that conversation and she actually had um, created that space and systems where my values and my ethics could be taken into consideration in a systematic way and be like, okay, we're going to invest your funds over here and not over here because this is going to be in greater alignment with your values and ethics. And a lot of advisors didn't even talk about that or approach that or want to really talk about that when I wanted to talk about that. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode. Hope you're getting value out of it. 
For your information, this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Yeah, so that's so, I'm so glad that you brought that up um, because I literally had this experience um, with a client who at my old firm where I, you know, was like working with an older advisor who was going to retire. Um, so we were working this book of business together so that the clients could get to know me and, you know, it would be a smooth transition. It's great idea in theory. Um, and we had a new client, a woman who was in her sixties, who had never, you know, really, um, been in touch with her investments before. Um, and she had the conversation with me about, Hey, it's really important to me that I'm not investing in, you know, these different spaces that just don't align with my values. So she wanted, um, what we call ESG, um, investments in the industry. So just environmentally, socially conscious investing. Right. Um, and when I heard her say that I said, absolutely. Like there are so many options of course we can make that happen. And so I communicated that to the other advisor and he immediately shut it down. It's like, why would you do that? There's no, you know, the returns aren't the same. You can't do it, which is not true by the way anymore. Maybe it was 20 years ago. It's not true anymore. Um, but just the, the way he shut down the conversation so quickly was amazing. Really to me, I was like, wow, you're not even gonna you're not even going to talk to me about it. And let alone the client, you're just going to like pretend that she didn't say that. Like I could not believe that that was the case. And yet, you know, like you're saying your experience was like, yeah, so many people wouldn't talk to you about that. Right. So, I mean, it really is there, there's, there's a big, um, kind of cloud over, over this, industry of, you know, this, uh, advisor knows best, right? Don't question me. I know what's best. You know, you'll just make the decisions that I say are good for you. And what that turns into what I experienced and what I saw in my clients was that women, especially women, especially felt like they couldn't even ask questions. Right. They couldn't even say what mattered to them and get a clear answer without being like, 
oh, aren't you so cute? I'm going to listen to you for four seconds. I'm going to turn and talk to your husband. That's right. Oh my gosh. I remember uh, I went to the uh, several meetings because you know this was like oh my gosh maybe 20 years ago when we first started exploring um, you know working with wealth advisors and so forth so at that time I was still in my early 20s and so I wasn't going there alone I was going with my dad and just like you said people kept looking at my dad um, you know and talking to him and even when I showed that I had some knowledge and I knew what I was talking about, I was fresh out of having taken some classes in uh, college and so forth about financial literacy and investing and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then you were so surprised. They were like, oh. <laughs> right? And yet still, it's still, it's like, all right, we're going to talk to the, you know, the dad in the room. <laughs> like, ah. Uh, that's not the person we need to be talking to right now. Or yeah. even if it's in if it's in a couple, you know, like both of those people have different thoughts and opinions and feelings that need to be held and listened to and respected as their own, you know, sovereign selves. Um, and that for me, that was one of the biggest value misalignments that you know, I, I realized that that was not going to change in a way that was going to work for me in that practice. That was one of the reasons I had to leave. And it gets straight to, you know, what was my desire? What was, what did I desire to create in the world? And how did I want to feel while I was doing that? Yes. Yes. And And, and so like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of my experience around that was that, you know, as it was feeling more and more heavy as I was, you know, like I was bringing, I was doing everything that all, you know, I had a, I had a wonderful mentor actually, who was also, you know, at the same, uh, in the same firm at a, at a different location. So she was separate from my group, which was great. Um, But she was still, you know, like amazing woman advisor, like leading a huge practice and just such a, such a wonderful, um, woman. And, you know, so she was mentoring me in like, okay, how to speak up for myself. Hey, this, you know, this part of your contract doesn't say anything about how you're going to be able to build, um, and, and like have equity in your own work and, you know, all of these things. Like, so we were, you know, I would, I would be having conversations with my, the partners at my firm and, and Kathy's voice would be in my head. Like, I gotta, I gotta speak up for myself. Cause she's going to ask me about it. Right. <laughs> so it was, it was that push that I needed that support that I needed to speak up for myself over and over again. And at the same time, the more I spoke up, the more of a hmm, problem child, I guess, you know, is kind of what, what, how I started feeling and yeah it started to turn into just huge amounts of anxiety and like depression, anxiety. Like there were times where I was feeling like my family and my, my workplace would be better off without me literally. And that was like, just it, I knew it. Like when I was driving to work and I would be 
make it, there was one place where I'd make the left turn every single day and it happened a couple of days in a row. I mean, more than that, but when it started to be a couple of days in a row um, of like, you know, someone just, you know, sideswiped me and I was gone and they weren't hurt and it was just like, everything would be easier. And the peace inside of me, my inner knowing, my inner genius, my inner guidance, my higher self, whatever we want to call it, that part of me was still strong enough to scream, basically, like, this is not you. This is not okay. Yes. Oh, and my gosh. It was, it was so important. It was so important. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm so thankful, truly, that that, that piece of me where, where other people are saying, like, you can't do this job, you can't do this job, that inner piece said no you are amazing you build relationships with people like nobody else you know what you're doing you are good at this you're meant to be in this place like be like keep keep going keep going and the feeling you know so my desire my desire at first was to stay alive like as sad as that is, right? Like my first desire was to like, okay, this is not good. We need to, <laughs> we need to find a way to shift, you know, how, how I'm feeling on a daily basis. And so I started taking steps in that direction. And then my desire I realized was to work with business owners and to help entrepreneurs. And that was where, you know, that's where I feel like I just explode with like ugh, all the ideas and all the value and all the ways that we can build together. That's where I get so lit up and I knew it way back then. And yet I was still like not being supported in that either with the partner, you know, with the partners, like just work with executives and work with, you know, the people that just come to you, you know, like you don't get to pick your niche. This is one of the things they said, you don't get to pick your niche. It kind of finds you and you just, like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I, I don't think that you just like accept whatever's coming at you and then that's your business, right? That's not, that's not how I want to do that. Um, and I wanted to really empower women in a big way to help them feel confident in their financial decision-making and to like understand that, hey, wealth is for you. Prosperity is for you on your terms. And that like, we can do this, we can, you can build wealth just like anybody else, right? That, so all of these pieces were really important to me. And it was, you know, meeting after meeting of, again, standing up for myself and like asking questions of how would I be, how could I be a partner? How could I, you know, have a voice in the direction of the practice, all of those things. And so when it finally became clear that that was not going to happen where I was at, that's when the resolve hit that like, okay, so we need to, we need to do this on our own. Yeah. We, we, I need to do this on my own. <laughs> um, but it was, it was truly like following those pieces of desire all the time. Like, what is it that would feel good to me to build? Um, and so, you know, through to cut that story a little bit shorter, I, I did. I, I took all the steps I needed to do to launch my own firm. And I did that in January of 2021. And then, and that was only the first step. 
right? Like I had, I, like, it's like I had clawed my way back up to the surface of like, okay, now we can start fresh. Yes. And that's what it felt like. And so from there, all of the, all of the time, you know, from January 29th, when I launched X squared wealth planning until today, um, in July of 2022, I have had the opportunity to build something that feels amazing and work with clients that I adore. Like I love them so much. I love my clients. Um, I love seeing them make changes in the world. I love hearing what it is that matters to them and showing them how we can get there um, financially. It's just, it's the best thing that I could possibly imagine doing. And now I get, you know, like, I get to do it on my terms. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of my story there, following my own desire. Oh, but your story, thank you for sharing it because it highlighted so many amazing aspects of what it really takes to build wealth with joy and ease. Because I mean, you were having those experiences in the context of doing the work that you were doing as an advisor in that firm. Uh, and then later, of course, starting your own. Uh, but I could see so many parallels as um, a client. Uh, you know, where if I'm not allowed to question, if I'm not allowed to choose uh, my investments and how I want my money managed and um, so forth, then that takes certainly so much of the joy out. Mm -hmm. I mean, theoretically, in some ways, it might make things more easier uh, in the sense that if I don't have to deal with and think for myself, and I just let someone else take, it might seem at one level easier, but really in so far as that makes me feel horrible um, mm. and because I'm compromising, I feel like I'm compromising my ethics, my values, etc. I mean, that's not, that's not really easy. <laughs> I mean, that's a different kind of problem and difficulty that I land myself in. And then, you know, the other thing that you highlighted so beautifully is that these systems are set up in a way where I, I see this as a really serious social justice issue where, um, you know, the people who question uh, or who try to create any kind of change or do anything differently than how the system is set up, we're made to feel like there's something wrong with us. Mm -hmm. And that has such a hugely bad impact on one's mental health and one's sense of empowerment and mm -hmm. ability to help, you know, help yourself. Um, uh, it's just so disempowering and that you know like literally like you were saying it can make you think there's something wrong with you like you are the one who's going going crazy and so the but that's not it I mean just it like you know in a very different context if I might give a different example from my work um I had um, uh, one of my very first clients that I was working with uh, when I first started my happiness coaching practice. 
um, I connected with her at this just random social gathering that we were at. And I just told her, oh, I'm a happiness expert. I help people learn how to be happy. And she was like, I need to learn how to be happy. I want to learn how to be happy. Will you work with me? I was like, absolutely. But very, very soon after I started working with her, I had all of these like red flags that I could see and alarm bells going off in my mind. I was like, her problem isn't that she doesn't know how to be happy or that she doesn't have good um, skills in managing her mood and so forth. Her problem, and very soon I got verification of it because she started explicitly sharing, sharing with me was that her problem was that she was actually in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you, you know, and as soon as I had verification of that, I knew that the work that if I was going to continue to work with her, it couldn't focus on teaching her these, you know, how to be happy skills that I work on with most of my other clients um, because her problem wasn't not knowing how to be happy her problem was being stuck in an abusive relationship so you have to first resolve that root cause uh, fix that unhealthy environment in whatever ways you can and only then yes can you uh, you know be like okay you know by practicing smiling and by doing this practice or that practice you can improve your well-being and you can improve your mood but all of that has to come later first you have to fix the root cause and so like that is something your story so beautifully demonstrated to me i'm so glad that you had that realization for yourself mm -hmm. yes and i that what that story that you just shared um it is heartbreaking and at the same time so relatable right yeah because it's not um kind of like i shared in my story like when i when i launched my firm it felt like i had clawed up back to ground level right like i was i was so deeply depressed and was taking anxiety medication to get through meetings with people that made me feel bad in like my whole body was reacting right and that yeah smiling and like just do the work just smile just do like no 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 that's putting a band-aid on like a gaping head wound yeah uh, and and that's that's how it felt and so to to understand and to listen. So like if, if that at the same time, if that wouldn't, if that woman hadn't come to you yes, and started sharing vulnerably with you, she, I mean, like, I, I'm interested to know if she even knew that she was in or like realized the, how much, you know, impact that relationship was having yeah. on her. Sometimes we don't see it until. That's right. That's right. It's like, um, I mean, of course she knew she was unhappy. She knew that, but she never, like, and, it, and I see this again and again in my work where people don't put like two and two together. Like if you saw that happening to someone else, 
you might immediately be like, oh, it's the relationship that's the problem. But when you're in it yourself, you know, it's, it's just part of the nature of being caught up in an abusive relationship where it just sort of just ruins your entire perspective and your objectivity and, um, uh, and so forth. And so you're not able to see what's happening to yourself. And so she like never used, even after we started talking um, and I restarted, um, this is trying to educate her about nature of abuse and abusive relationships to help her see that that's actually what she was caught into. For a long time, I didn't even use the word abuse with her because it wasn't a word that she used herself and she wasn't ready to accept that and she wasn't ready to see what was going on with her in that context. And I think luckily for her and luckily for me, the reason that I was able to see what was happening with her so quickly and so clearly is because I actually have training and a background in working with survivors of abuse. I worked for four years as a hotline uh, crisis counselor on a sexual assault and domestic violence hotline. And so having spoken to literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of people going through, uh, you know, these forms of abusive relationships, I immediately was able to pick up on the signs and I had, had the training um, for, you know, how to speak to her and, you know, sort of gradually bring her to that point of realization and acceptance of where what was actually happening with her, point her to the correct resources, um, because it was something, a situation that was way beyond what I could as an individual help her with. So, um, you know, the, the, the fact of, uh, uh, you know, so th there was like just lots of that kind of stuff going on in the situation, but thank God, you know, um, we were able to resolve the situation in, 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 a, in a good way. And what, you know what that uh, sparked in me, was the this um, feel something that I have experienced as well is that there are times when I am drawn to someone mm. for some reason, and you know they're they're there. They were placed straight in my path to you know to work with on something like something that I needed for my growth, yeah. for my you know resolution. Um, that I would not like, that's not what I thought I needed, you know? So, um, even with my first mentor, Kathy, that was like, I didn't think I needed a mentor to help me realize I had to leave my, <laughs> leave my company. Right. But that was exactly like, that was the advice that I got. Right. Like truly, like after working with her for quite a while, like that was, that was what we worked, you know, that, and that's what I needed with my, um, my business coach that I work with now. Originally I hired her because she had built a law firm from scratch. She had been at, you know, big law firms, small law firms, medium law firm, then launched her own and then grew that 
um, in a very specific niche. And I was like, oh, it's so similar, right? Like you built a law firm in a specific niche. That's what I want to do with my financial firm. Like, yes, you are the right person. Yes. And guess how much business, I mean, like she is still, yes, absolutely my business strategy coach, but guess how much of our relationship focuses on that? It's like 10%. <laughs> because what she had done really, so my, my brain, my logic brain saw her and said, oh yes, I need you to help me with this aspect of what I, of how I want to grow. Yes. But energetically, what was actually happening was, you know, she healed from a traumatic childhood and that's what I needed help with. And it was like, oh my gosh, like I can't, I can't even wrap my mind around because it's not meant to, right? Like it wasn't, that wasn't the decision. The decision was a very heart-based decision, right? Like feeling, feeling that connection, like I need to work with this person and honoring that and stepping into it. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that brings me to like, you know, when we're thinking about who is the right person for us to work with, like in your case, when our listeners are thinking about who's the right wealth advisor for me to work with, like to know that it's really important to pay attention to like being a good match with that person, not just at, like you were saying, at that logical level of, oh, they meet the specific criteria of having this degree or that uh, specific uh, credential, but also like, do our hearts align? <laughs> do our values align? And mm -hmm. like for I know for a lot of women, it's also like, maybe I need to work with a woman because men just have a very different experience. You know, they have male privilege in a world that's, especially in the context of wealth uh, development, wealth management, wealth creation. It's such a male dominated area and men are experiencing a certain level of privilege that sort of blinds them to a lot of struggles that women have to face because they're women and they don't have that male privilege. And um, unless a man is very conscious and has consciously worked to raise his consciousness around these, these struggles and these issues that women face specifically, he's not really able to help us in the best ways. So yes. Yes. And so what that is, because um, you bring up I mean, it's it the the example is so um, salient to the discussion that it's like, yes, yes, I'm so glad you went there because men are taught from the time they are little tiny boys to take risk, to challenge whatever is around them, to compete, to rise to the top, right? And so, literally, in terms of money that equates to they are willing to take risk sooner and more of it because it's encouraged it's ingrained into them um and it doesn't even get into you know like we don't have to talk about that but they're also you know like men are promoted based on their potential versus their results right women are judged on their results men are judged on their potential and there, there's a there is some of that 
at play also, but even more so this is this, you know, grooming of women from the time we are little girls to be caretakers. Yeah. And so the men are, are groomed to be risk takers and the women are groomed to be caretakers. And so financial risk feels like we are not, uh, honoring that, that inner need to be a caretaker. And so what I have seen over and over and over again, um, is that women will have mountains of cash, mountains of cash. Like we're talking six figures, like a million dollars. Like I've, I have seen so much cash on the sidelines. Even women who make, you know, 50 or $60,000 a year will have 50 or $60,000 of cash on the sidelines because they it's, it's that caretaking responsibility, right? They're very worried about investing. This is not all women um, by any stretch of the imagination, but it's one of those things where if you ignore the trend, you ignore the problem. You know, if you have gotten through that, that is beautiful and amazing. And that's where we, that's where we want to raise that level of consciousness around prosperity and wealth building and how to take appropriate levels of risk. Because men get it on the other side too, where they're just like too risky <laughs> sometimes. Like they, they, they won't listen to, you know, a more, uh, tempered, um, yeah. you know, perspective either. And it'll just like, you know, gain and lose and gain and lose until they're done with the losing part. Right. So, I mean, it, the risk factor goes both ways, um, with the positives and negatives, but it truly does, uh, set women back mm -hmm. from the time that they are in their, you mentioned being in your twenties and sitting down with the wealth advisor. That's amazing. First of all, so good for you for being in that room, um, in your early twenties. Most women don't get that. And most women, by the time they're in their forties and fifties, they either have some investments, but they, they've mostly, they've mostly just managed their household yeah. or yeah. the, the other side of, they have tons of cash and almost nothing invested and they're terrified. And so we have, we have so much work to do societally. Um, in any, and I know not all cultures are the same in this regard, but definitely in Western culture, we have, you know, this, you know, female suppression was with, with money just overall. Um, and you know, that we're not, we're not as good at math. We're not as good at numbers in general. And like, that's just, there's no evidence of that. Yes. Um, stereotype. <laughs> Right, um, that one, my brother, just putting right. it there. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, but this, but that's another piece. You know, that we don't we don't um, recognize to the degree that will allow us to change it, right? Or to to change the conversation enough. So even just having this discussion and like putting it out into the universe um, <laughs> is really important so that we can continue to talk about it and continue to raise that awareness and that consciousness around wealth and prosperity for equally for all genders. Right. Um, and it's, it's just, it's such an important and impactful piece. Like we can't, we can't do the things that we want to do 
in life and we can't have the impact that we dream of having whether that's you know for ourselves for our families for our communities um for the you know the charities and the nonprofits and the work that matters to our hearts if you aren't building wealth you can't do those things right and not at the scale where you know where we actually to make the amount of impact that we actually need to make in the world we have to you and i you know like us and everyone else on our you know on our level here we need to value ourselves enough and start building wealth in a way that will be truly impactful so that we can help raise up all the other other boats right the rising tide you know helps helps everyone and we we are the ones that are going to make that biggest difference i think yeah and especially those of us who are committed to building wealth in a socially and environmentally conscious manner because I feel like there's lots of people who are just like okay I want to make wealth and do good things with it but what happens like this is my money monk self speaking now <laughs> like one of the things that I have seen in the world is that there's so many people doing so many good good things but because they don't want to pay attention to other aspects like the unintended consequences of certain things that they're doing that they're not their point of focus so things like you know you're like okay i i'm going to save money i'm going to invest money i'm going to build my wealth and then your intention is to do really really good things with that wealth awesome but if you're not careful about where you invest that money if it's getting invested and is inadvertently supporting causes that are actually not in alignment with your values then on the one hand you know once you have money in your hand you're putting money in to solve those causes but on the back end your money <laughs> is first going to create those problems or you know contributing to making those problems worse so you're actually sort of <laughs> undermining your own effectiveness in a way and so like for me it just doesn't make any sense and so i want to be really as consistent as i possibly can at all the stages and steps of how i both create my wealth and then use my wealth i love that and i i especially love that it's it's becoming so much more of a um a conversation the conversation is getting bigger you know it wouldn't have started if if there weren't people who were like adamant about it in the first place right back in the 70s 80s 90s like the like this movement has been um growing and i feel like it is expanding a lot more now um in being you know it's esg itself uh stands for environment environmentally conscious socially conscious and governance like esg the government g is governance um for you know investing in a way that is like you said building a world that we all want to live in um non-polluted and <laughs> where we have uh, clean oceans and clean air and clean water and um you know clean energy like those are those are important um pieces of creating 
a more sustainable world in general, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, I love that that conversation is is just growing and expanding. Um, I know like in, in my own firm where, you know, the investment strategies that we do, like that's always one of the first filters. Like that's, okay, we're gonna start with that filter and then we're going to, you know, go from there, but that's always, you know, if someone wants very specific, um, like this is the type of ESG investing that I want, guess what? We can go out and find that. Like that's a hundred percent doable always. And in like, you can make good returns. Um, so it's not, it, you're not sacrificing to the point, you know, the earlier story with the advisor who was like, no, we're not talking about that. You're not sacrificing your returns just to you, right? It's not, it's not a game yes. of that anymore. Yes. And uh, why should that be the only criteria for what you invest in anyway? Or why should that even be the most important criteria? I mean, that, of course I want good returns. That's one of my criteria, but it's not my only criteria. And so it has to be balanced by, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, because, okay. We're going back to the idea of building wealth and joy and ease. It's like, you know, if you are creating, uh, if your wealth building is harming the environment, is creating more uh, socioeconomic disparities for people and creating more social injustice, et cetera. We're all ultimately, you know, our world is so connected interconnected that when we contribute to someone else's suffering it it comes back to us directly or indirectly it comes back to us i mean just the situation with covid for example where so many people have landed in deeper trouble are more financially insecure now um you know because they lost their jobs or had to come back on their working hours etc etc and now the crime rates have gone up and just like in my neighborhood for example um i mean i i've lived in this part of town for at least the last 15 years uh maybe more and we had I cannot remember even one time when we had a case of like any major like incident in terms of robberies or things like that uh, in our neighborhood. If they were happening, maybe there were so few and far in between, like it wasn't like a thing. It wasn't a matter of concern. And in the last three years, like every few weeks, we're seeing like, uh, reports um, 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 of this robbery happened, that car got broken into. My uh, Just in my own family, in my own home, um, you know, our car got broken into. And we had like some uh, someone come into our backyard and steal some things from our backyard. And, and I know I'm not the only person in the neighborhood who's, you know, experiencing these things. Um, it's definitely, you know, we have seen an uptick in, in crime rates and so forth. And um, it, it's like, it, it's because of this greater environment where people are struggling. So even though 
I'm doing fine. My family is doing fine. But because my neighbors, you know, in a larger sense, uh, you know, they're struggling. So it, it start, it's impacting me too. Yeah, yeah, I can. And that, that well, that, that gets straight back to that point of, you know, creating more, right? More abundance, more prosperity, not just for yourself, but allowing the more you allow, the more you, the more you create wealth and prosperity with that mindset of, of giving back and of supporting your community in whatever ways that needs, maybe it is like the food banks need to be better supported. You know, the, the places that, you know, when someone does lose a job, right, that they have more support in getting back on their feet, like whatever it is that your community needs, like when you build wealth and you build true prosperity in that, um, in that overall bubble of, you know, giving back of having, you know, wealth with a purpose, um, that's where, you know, we can, we can help more and we can create safer, more loving, more, um, yeah, just higher consciousness areas for everybody, for all of us. Um, and that, that, so we didn't talk too much about it, but we did talk about alignment and we just didn't say the words, right? So that whole process of discovery, alignment, and expansion, that discovery of what it is you truly desire, what it is you truly care about, what it is you truly want to see made better in the world, that's all part of that discovery process. And then aligning is simply redirecting yourself all the time, constantly asking yourself, and you know, tapping into that inner guidance, that inner genius, how you know, your relationship with your higher power, whatever that may be, but consistently tapping into that to ask, you know, am I in alignment? Am I am I making steps towards these goals? Right. And so we have two things that we can align. That's our time and our money. So you're talking a lot about money with the ESG investing. That's aligning your money with what matters to you, right? And that also comes in the form of spending, in the form of saving. You know, whatever you do with the dollars that you're entrusted with, yeah. how can you align those more so that you're spending your money or saving your money or investing your money towards the things that actually matter to you? And then your time. That's the only other thing we have, right? That as you spend your time, are you spending it in aligned ways that will get you to the places you want to go? And when you do that, when you have, when you know what you want, and then you align your time and your money to those, you know, to get you where you want to go, that's where the expansion just naturally happens. It You don't have to you don't have to expand, expansion happens. <laughs> and then as you expand, suddenly new possibilities start to come into your awareness, right? And that's, and that's there, you know, so that expansion piece, all of a sudden, you know, if we're talking about a business owner and their revenue is expanding and they're like 
impacting more clients and they're having this beautiful, you know, year of expansion, all of a sudden in their awareness is like, oh, I probably need to hire an accountant um, or I need to hire, a, you know, a, someone who can help me with operations. Right. So that's a new, that's a discovery. That's a discovery, yes. a new like a cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, if I bring someone on and now you're paying that person and now you've expanded what your money is doing, you're now supporting either another contractor or an employee or whatever that looks like. But your money is now being even a more of service. Yeah. Allows you, not only does it do, you know, you're being more of service with your money. It also allows you to make more money. And you're in the discovery stage, you know, oh, now here's a new thing. Here's a new thing that I desire to do or have or be. And you can align again and do that next thing and, it, and just keep expanding. So it does, it turns into this virtuous cycle of growth um, and expansion and awareness. And that's where, that's where I, find so much joy. I find so much joy in helping people through that process. Um, because yeah, when you're moving and that's, that's where the, the fun and easy and the joy and ease come in is that when you are moving in the direction and you start seeing the things happen that you, you know, if you look back a year ago or two years ago or five years ago and say, holy moly, I am living the thing that I dreamed about. Like, all right, well, let's keep going. <laughs> yes. You know, that's exciting. That's, you know, that's, that's it. That's how you start to see that all of this, that I'm, all the things that I've been desiring and wanting and aligning to are happening and it feels good. It feels good to see that progress and to see who you're helping in the world. That's amazing. And, you know, we have so much more to dig into and so for that i'm going to encourage all of our listeners to make sure you check the show notes because we're going to be dropping hannah's links in there so you can connect with her and yeah. learn more from her about how to create wealth with joy and ease and get caught up in this amazing cycle of wealth building that promotes joy and ease. Um, any last thoughts or last words, Anna? Mm, I am just, I'm just so thankful and grateful to be able to you know, speak with you and um, really connect. Um, I feel like this, even just this conversation feels like it's connecting with so many more people right and um i feel that and that the the link between you know prosperity and love right the way the way when we when we use our heart space to help make decisions about where we put our money like that is so beautiful and it helps the entire the entire world truly um and i'm just so thankful that we got to talk about it so thank you too. thank you again hannah and um yeah to all of you who are listening just again my final reminder check the show notes connect with hannah and until we connect next time i just wish you lots and lots of peace and joy mm -hmm.